So, Jason, welcome to Vegas. It's good to be here. Good to see you. It is great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. What about this whole what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas thing? Is that what's happening here? Or is mean, this leaving Vegas? No, this is totally leaving Vegas. We're going to, you know, share all the stories of Jason's adventures in, in HR Tech. Okay, let's on. go. Come on. Let's go. Uh we're excited to be back here. Tell me what uh, what you're looking forward to sharing when you think about the new world of work and what's happening in uh, HR tech. That's a great question. So this year, one of the things that I think is really, really important that we talk about at this conference and this event as a whole is the concept of being human. And a lot of us are back together for the first time um, in a long, long time. Um, I know there were these conferences last year and the year before, but we're really back and um, I think that it's so important to realize that since 2020 you know in the last two years there's been so much change in the world you know the workforce has changed work has changed business has changed and every organization in the world is struggling to really think about how do they meet the employee where the employee is today um, last time we were all together it was an employer's market and, you know, we're together now in 2022 and it's an employee's market. The employees have won. I don't see that changing ever based on the fact that we've got, you know, four people retiring every day for one person entering the workforce. So, you know, it's time for employers to kind of put up or shut up when it comes to thinking about employee experience, thinking about how do you treat employees and how do you infuse humanity into what they do. And that's what I'm most excited about. I wish I could tell you I was excited about AI or machine learning or any of that stuff, Um, but I'm most excited about seeing how those things can fuel humanity at scale. You know, it's it's such a powerful story of what we can do for those communities. You know, one of the things that I often think about, Jason, and you and I have talked a little bit about this, is that employers sit at the center of families and of communities that they have the opportunity to serve. And you think about the last three years since we've all been together really in a full way and how much those communities and families have been impacted. And employers, I believe, who have the opportunity to really reach in and talk about not just how they're taking care of that employee, but how they're taking care of whether it be that family, meaning a direct family or a friend or a furry friend or to the extended group of people. It's just really an opportunity for employers to show up in a very different way than they ever have before. And and I think that the game changed. I think the game has changed. I mean, sometimes I share this story, I guess I'm sharing it now, is that my grandfather worked for one company for 49 years and my dad worked for the same company the same company as my grandfather for 48 years that was 97 years in one company i don't think in that 97 years that company knew anything about them i really don't Uh, but they loved it because it was a stable career that wouldn't work in today's world um you know employers have to realize that people are human outside of work and when they get to work they're still human and there is no more separation anymore there's one person it's one human and it's now acceptable to talk about mental health it's now acceptable to talk about the fact that you know one size fits none when it comes to benefits you know it's now acceptable to talk about the fact that you know i have incidents in my family and uh i might bring those to the workforce and when i say bring them to the workforce i didn't want to even say bring them to the office because i might not be going to the office but they might affect how i work And with the fact that employees are making decisions so quickly about 
you know, hey, if, if my employer doesn't care about me or doesn't show they care about me, I'm leaving. And they can. And they can find another job tomorrow. And maybe get paid more. And yeah, and maybe get paid more. And, I mean, who knows? There's them. so many yep. variables. I mean, I don't want to make it all about pay or, yep. or get better benefits or be treated like a man or a yep. woman or, you know, whatever I am. Um, so employers have to be human. And I think that's the biggest conversation is that, and it's not just three years. I mean, this just turned, this just flipped the switch. It's been going on for a long time. It's long, long overdue. Um, and I think that everyone that attends HR Technology Conference this year, their goal should be, how do I think about infusing humanity into work, leveraging all of these great technologies and great services that are here? And when you can make that connection and create that connection with those people, the likelihood that they will stay and, and, and that they will continue continue to contribute, even if they stay in a different facility. Let me give a real concrete example. I was talking to a big uh, medical company the other day, and they were mentioning that they are not only paying for somebody to go to school, they're then paying them to come to work, and then they're even if they leave a year later, as long as they're still involved in the hospital system, that valued worker, the value of that worker and the connection they're making with that worker through the experience, everything from ed- education all the way to their employment experience, they need those individuals. They understand their position and they understand what that feels like and, and how important it is to make that human connection. Yeah, and let's just say that's John, that person. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense for John. But then we've got Pat. And that doesn't make sense for Pat. Yep. So my role in HR is harder than ever because what I'm trying to do is make sure both John and Pat are happy. You know, I can't just say, hey, here's this college education plan that we're going to roll out or deploy to everyone. And John's going to benefit and Pat is going to be like, I don't want to go to school. I already went to school. So this benefit means nothing to me. And I think that's where we have to think about how do we start to really personalize the approach to making sure that employees feel like they're cared about at work. And you know, one of the things I hope to get out of HR Tech is just that, which is I hope that we bring folks together, that we collaborate, that we find a way to not only humanize those experiences, but learn from each other um, and learn about what uh, other organizations are doing exceptionally well and other uh, businesses are doing exceptionally well to create that humanized experiences because I also believe in the world of HR, we need to connect those things together for people. Disparate solutions that sit in lots of different places make it hard for that employee to understand their value in the organization. I mean, yeah, coming to HR Tech, I created a little video series of just tips that people should think about when they go to a conference like this and I really that word connect I basically said there's really three things there's A connect with people B get connected to them which means LinkedIn text email something like that and third build connection and build connection is so important because that means after you leave Las Vegas you nurture that relationship that's what doesn't happen and that we end up losing out on an amazingly rich potential human experience between people because hey we connect here maybe we'll have a drink maybe we'll go to a booth together or something like that but you know for the next year we can learn together the next three years we can learn to the net together the next 30 years we can learn together i was sharing with someone this is my 20th year 19th year in a row 
here. Nineteenth wow. year in a row. And like when people they're like, Why do you know so many people? I'm like, dude, I'm old. It's nineteen years. Like there's so many every time you hug someone, it's just like every year you just do it again. So But you're also building deep connections. Well it's true, yeah, you try and to that matters, and that's and that's yeah. really matters. I mean that's yeah. what drives the connection between humans and humanity. You know, as you think about employers over the next, let's call it two years, and the emergence of what's transpired, what do you think is beyond the challenges of humanizing sort of HR, what do you think the three things employers should be thinking about that they're not today? So I'd say the first thing is to really think about how do you make sure that your candidate experience matches your employee experience? Because that is a huge disconnect today. Organizations have done a lot of work creating great candidate experiences, yet once I start, everything kind of falls apart. Uh, I call it cultural continuance, where you, you build this great culture, like, hey, guess what? You can work from home. Guess what? You've got beer. Guess what? You've got you know, DoorDash delivered to you once a week you know, in a new hybrid model. But then once I start, my manager says, I need to be in the office every day. I mean, that's a huge disconnect and it's happening over and over again so like that's the first thing in my mind the second thing is to really think through the concept that we're in an economy that's not stable that's not breaking news it shouldn't be breaking news to anyone but when you have a stock market that goes up and down a thousand points in a day or a week and you've got the f- discussions of ongoing recession, you know, are we in a recession? Are we not in a recession? It, it doesn't actually matter whether we're in a recession. The fact that people are talking about a recession is what matters. So HR on a sunny day can just go ahead and let's roll out some benefits and let's go in and put in a program and let's go out and think about empathy. But on a cloudy day, like we're in right now, with the economy, I actually have to think about what makes business sense. So I'm talking a lot about how do you shift from what makes sense with an S to what makes sense with a C. And how do we actually prove in business dollars and cents what these programs and all this stuff I've been working on actually does. So that's number two. And then the third thing is just Every function in any kind of a business has to be digital today. It just has to be. It like, it, there's no, there's no well, like, well, we're a nonprofit, or no, we're in the healthcare. Like, every organization has to be digital. And there's a big difference between doing digital stuff and being digital. And my keynote on Friday, that's all I'm talking about, is what are the skills required to truly be digital going forward. So I'd say those are the three big things. There's lots of little things, but those are the three biggies. You know, on number two, when you think about those sense and you think about what the impact to HR is, you know, one of the conversations I've been a part of is that HR has a bigger seat at the table than maybe they've had historically, but their ability to approve that sense piece of it, to keep that seat at the table is going to be critical going forward. So it'll be really interesting to hear a little bit about how you think about where that's headed and um, look forward to that keynote to hear a little bit more about where, what that looks like. Yeah, and if I could just really quickly, I think HR has had the potential to have a seat or had the seat for the last decade. Hmm. I don't think HR has any bigger seat. Hmm. I think HR has a bigger challenge right now to show up 
in their seat with data that actually means something to the business. So I think that's the challenge. I think the seat's there. You think I mean, it's always been there? I, well, it, not always, but in the last decade. Yep. So, I mean, we've shifted. We're fully shifted from a manufacturing economy to a knowledge economy. Fully shifted, which basically means that the most important thing in an organization is the people. And, you know, we've been saying that for a long time. But truly in the last 10 years is when it's actually been a reality. Yet we still know more about our Rubik's Cubes than we do about our people. And that's, that can't continue. Well, that's the irony. Maybe that's sort of, I think, the cultural conversation that maybe we're having. So maybe it is true that HR has had a seat at the table. The question is, has everybody seen them having that seat at the table? Yeah. And have they been acknowledged as such? And, do, and does their value to that organization show up in a way that is um, important and, uh, and uh, influencing the direction of an organization? And the way that'll happen is when HR has that seat at the table, they don't look at themselves in a the mirror, they look through a window. So they don't look at themselves and measure themselves. You know, what's my cost per hire? What's my time to fill? It, those are great measures of yourself. But really what will give HR that solidified seat at the table is when I look through a window and say the impact of my actions on the business have been X, Y, and Z. Then I'll be able to say, truly, I have a seat and I'm proving my worth at that seat. Yep, and I think that is the challenge. And I think that's the opportunity for anybody who really wants to think through, how do I help that HR partner? And how do I help that business? And so am I thinking first about the person, the people, the individuals that should and want to come to work for you and your company, starting there and being really clear that your experiences start there and your design starts there and how you think about your technology starts there, and then you can truly help HR help their businesses. Um, I think there are many organizations that are uh, sometimes not always focused on that employee experience. They're focused secondarily on either the employer or the economics, and I think they miss the opportunity to drive yeah. impact. And, you know, probably for the first time in my career in the HR space, I'm actually really scared for the function. Um, and that's not trying to, like be some sort of an alarmist, but more and more organizations we see the business, the CEO, the CFO, the COO doing things that HR should be doing. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. It, it, it'll be fascinating to see what happens. I think HR has a window to really prove itself right now in a time where it needs to prove itself more than ever before. And I believe businesses aren't going to go out of business because the HR function's lame. Businesses are going to find a way to get it done, if they even if they have to bypass the HR function, which now's our time. Yep, now's our time. Yep. Now is our time, and it is a great time to, again, then make that connection, as you talked about, because I also believe that the best, uh, the best solutions out there, the best... Uh, opportunities are not one organization or one individual in a company solving those problems, but they truly are about collaboration and connecting and coming together Correct. to get to those outcomes. Because we all individually uh, solve little things, yep. and together we can all solve really impactful things for the for getting back to that employee as part of a family that's part of a community. And when you begin to think about your problem in that way, you have no question about your purpose and your impact. And that should really be the conversation here. Yeah. Uh, I get a little bit scared that the conversation is technology. Yeah. 
you know, the conversation here should be at the macro level about how do we make sure that the function is answering the question of why, and then the technology is the how. It's, it's really interesting, you know, part of the reason that I came to Unum, you and I have talked about this, is for that reason. When you think about time off, when you think about leave, when you think about retaining and inspiring the best people, part of what they need to know is that it's okay to be away from work. Yep. Yep, and that's what I mean. Simply put, like yep. it's okay to take time off. Don't go work for a company that says, by way of example, you have unlimited PTO, but most people only take two weeks. Yep. Right. That that benefit then it doesn't work. If your culture only allows you to take two weeks, then the benefit doesn't drive meaning or impact. Culture is really key to that. What you just said, and you know, we could talk about this for hours, but you know, you can't look at a HR press thing today without seeing the word quiet quitting. There and it's so stupid to me. But anyway, I mean, quiet quitting has been around forever. Forever, forever. You know, it's like forever. oh, I'm working my forty hours forever. a week and I'm out and I'm going home to my family. And that happens in organizations today, right now. Right. Everything and it has been happening for years. Like and all of a sudden, we're like, oh man, post COVID, we're in this quiet quitting era. We've um, been there forever. Like we've yeah. been there forever. Our job is to make sure that people can bring their best selves to work. A be that we take care of them, they feel safe, they feel like it's a trusted environment, and see that they can take care of their life outside of work so that they can bring their best selves to work. It's a cycle. And it's, you know, we've talked about it, you know, hire to retire a lot in HR. We live in a world today that I think is hire to inspire to retire. And I think we've left out the inspire for a long time. And that's where internally, when we think about workforce experience, how do we inspire people to stay? How do we do stay interviews versus leave interviews, exit interviews? And all of that whole inspire stuff, I mean, that's that's what we all have to work on. Well, and I wonder a little bit, you know, you even say the word retire, and I respond a little bit to it. Yep. Because my response to that is we have a really diverse group of folks that are coming to work at employers every single day. Yep. And they don't see retirement as this thing that they're going to do out in the future. They see life happening right now. Right. And I think our ability to understand that opportunity, yep. that it isn't about actually something I'm working towards, a life that I will have out in the future, it actually is about the life that I've got right now. And your ability to bring that uh, forward when you think about individuals living their lives today and ensuring that that isn't just waiting for something to happen and preparing for something in the future has even changed the dynamics of retirement in the business that we work in. It has. And there's, I mean, just to really quickly, I think it's, make, it's an important statement for people that listen to this. This is not easy. And there's a lot of empathy towards the function. Mm. So we're dealing with things in the HR industry that we've never dealt with before. You know, we're dealing with the fact that we've got digital natives and digital immigrants you know, who have completely different views on things. We're dealing with the fact that we are in the middle still of a public health pandemic. We're in the middle still of a social justice pandemic. We've got huge geopolitical issues going on. We've got, like I said, talent that's more people leaving the workforce than staying in the workforce. It, and then you can start to talk about all of the other sign carriers, excuse my pun yep. there, yep. that, you know, whether or not, whether it's something to do with fur or whether it's something to do with whatever it is. And employers, excuse me, employees just want to be heard. Employees want to be listened to. And that's all new. It's all of this at the same time. 
is really, really new. It's really, really hard, yet it's the thing that's going to make or break, you know, whether you stay an employer of choice. And, you know, Godspeed to everyone in the function, and that's kind of what why I love it, because, um, you know, the agility and the unlearning and the quickly adapting to the world that we're in today is what's going to, like I said, make or break the function long term. I couldn't agree more. You know, I love spending time with direct customers, and when I do, the opportunity to hear their real-time challenges and listen is half the battle yep. because actually you have to get close to them too yep. and understand what they need. For sure. So it is. Um, you, we go back to the word trust, and um, you know, I, I think that's just the last word that I would uh, sort of make a uh, put a little exclamation point by. That is uh, key to getting good ideas. That's key to creating uh, valuable workplaces. It is key to the future of work. And I believe trust sort of sits and underlies all that. And that's really hard to establish very quickly at scale. And so if you're, if you're purpose-driven and you're really trying to do that, I, I believe you can get there. But it is, it is a challenge. It's a challenge. And it's, you know, we're starting at a deficit which is really important to understand also. You know, there's not a ton of trust in the world right now in general, whether it be social media, whether it be news media, whether it be, hey, do you trust your HR department? Because they just put a listening tool in and they say, hey, we're not going to share it with anyone. You know, trust is a huge issue and you have to earn trust. Trust isn't granted to you automatically by being HR. And the, you, the only way you can do that is by listening, hearing, and caring. Thank you. Any um, any closing thoughts, Jason, from you? No, I just think, I, I mean, we're in an HR technology conference, and we've got the best technology we've ever had in the industry. So, like, hands down, like, never. There's, I mean, you can walk this floor, and there's the best technology that the industry's ever had, like, which is really, really exciting. Yet, at the same time, you can look at HR organizations and say they're not leveraging technology the way they should, which is really, really scary. So the chasm, technology has surpassed the HR function's ability to leverage it. And while that's hard to say, it's there's a huge opportunity. And you know, once again, if every HR organization realizes that it's time to stop doing technology projects and start being digital in your mindset, you know, will catch up to technology and truly be able to leverage it for what it's been designed for. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, just maybe in closing, that's why we have the booth that we have here today. Yeah. Which is to bring folks in like you and others to listen. Yeah. To actually listen and to understand what great ideas are out there to create connection and to have an opportunity to collaborate with hopefully lots of folks over yeah. the course of the HR Tech time together. So thank you for your time. Thank you for, for having me. And what a beautiful setup you guys have here. Thank um, you. Wow, it's amazing. We have a great team who has done an exceptional job. Yeah, well, so kudos. Thank you again. Really wonderful. Take care. Take care. Unum is a registered trademark and marketing brand of Unum Group and its insuring subsidiaries.